Cardiovascular disease is going to cost the healthcare system $190 billion between now and the next five years. And 50 to 80% of cardiovascular events can be prevented. So there's this massive opportunity for technologies like artificial intelligence and machine learning and NLP and wearables to reduce the impact of cardiovascular and chronic disease. Today I'm in Western Sydney, New South Wales to speak to Professor Clara Chow, Academic Director of the Westmead Applied Research Centre. She's a cardiologist and clinical lead of community-based cardiac services at Westmead Hospital and is also a member of the Western Sydney Local Health District Governing Board. And in this episode, we talk about the innovative solutions that WARC is creating using technology to reduce cardiovascular and other chronic diseases, how a cloud-based platform can improve patient outcomes by delivering customised support to patients with chronic diseases in a personalised approach using text messages, and the best approach to leveraging health data from wearables to provide evidence-based health advice. Collaboration starts with a conversation team health tech. Well, let's make it happen. Between now and the end of June, we're conducting the 2024 Talking Health Tech audience survey. This helps us prioritise content, hone in key messages, and refine the show to make it even better. We also want to understand who the biggest cohorts of our audience are. So I'd love for you to take five or ten minutes to have your say and complete the survey. Everyone who completes it goes in the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of THT Plus membership credits to put towards a membership for yourself as an individual or to help get the word out about your company. The link to complete the survey is in the show notes of this episode or just go to talkinghealthtech.com survey. Welcome to Talking Health Tech, featuring content and community about technology and healthcare. We acknowledge the traditional owners of lands these conversations were recorded and pay respect to elders past and present. Hey, Clara, how are you going? Good. Good. How are you? <laughs> I'm really good. It's great to be out here in Western Sydney and um, being able to, to catch up you, with you um, here within Westmead and the Innovation Precinct, I'm going to get you to tell me a little bit about that in a second. But firstly, can you introduce yourself uh, and who you are, what you do? Well, I'm Clara Chow. I'm a cardiologist and I'm also academic director of the Westmead Applied Research Centre, which is a centre based here in um, the Westmead Precinct, but is the centre of the University of Sydney. I'm into clinical work, but I'm also a researcher and very much into the prevention of cardiovascular disease. Got you. Excellent. And so um, you're here within the Westmead Applied Research Centre. That was handy that it was up there on the the thing. Here here at WAC. Tell me a little bit more about about what happens within the centre. So, I mean, we've actually been here for five years, though. I've obviously been in research and kind of clinical work for longer than that. The goal of our centre is to address the burden of chronic disease. So chronic diseases like cardiovascular diseases, diabetes, lung disease, there's a lot of chronic diseases. But how we want to address that is with innovation, often using technology to improve how we deliver healthcare to patients and to make it, I suppose, 
easier for patients to manage their chronic health conditions. Got you. I feel like that research element is really important though and having evidence-based solutions and that's really critical in in the healthcare space because it's one thing for someone who might have come from a clinical background or have their own lived experience or just a a reason to create an intervention or a solution or an app or something within a a health space but you're particularly focused on the getting the evidence for it first? Absolutely, absolutely. We're, we are a research centre. We are all about um, evidence. Um, we've run multiple clinical trials and currently are, uh, probably have got 30 currently running. I mean, while we are excited about technology and its ability to uh, improve and help us deliver healthcare, we want to be convinced that the evidence actually shows us that it improves health outcomes and patient experience, as well as d- does that you know reasonably cost effectively. I mean, we don't want to just um, add burden to our already burdened health system. Mm. We do realise the challenge into the future is that we've got more and more people with chronic health conditions living longer and longer that want to live in the community and we need to work out ways of supporting them smartly and technology seems a good thing Mm. but we don't want to use the things that don't work Um, yeah and and well that's that's really important too i think that um at least i observe that in australia we're we're very good at, at conducting research and doing that upfront piece but sometimes the motivations or the drivers for doing that might not be totally linked to actually creating a real solution that's going to get out there into the healthcare system and take into consideration all of those different stakeholders and the needs and the sometimes competing requirements. So Mm. it's good to have that, I guess, holistic kind of perspective in what's going on. I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of those examples of whether it be interventions or or solutions or some of that Mm. um, research and some of the outcomes there that, that you've done so far. Sure. Well, I mean, since we're about health tech, I'll talk to you about our digital uh, clinical trials. We started probably in about 2011 with our first um, digital trial. That was a fairly simple text message based solution. Um, Our problem as a cardiologist and, you know, I suppose a, a service delivery leader was a lot of our patients with heart attacks were actually coming back to the hospital with repeat heart attacks. And we were realising that, you know, we were pushing them out so quickly that they weren't able to learn about their condition, understand what they had to change and, you know, understand their treatments. So we uh, developed this text message-based education support program that we uh, delivered to patients after their heart attacks. We evaluated in a randomised trial. That means we gave half of the people, uh, a random half of the people, this text message-based program, and the other half got usual care. And the people that got the text message-based program actually achieved lower cholesterol, lower blood pressure. They were more likely to quit smoking. They were more likely to get uh, a good diet and be physically active six months after their heart attack compared to our usual care patients. And we went, wow, this is a really simple solution you know, relatively speaking. I mean, we did take a lot of time to develop it. We, you know, were very careful with what we put in the messages. We had Mm -hmm. academics, clinicians, as well as patients help us develop the program. And we also developed a software piece to deliver them such that the messages landed at the right time of the day in different times, et cetera. And also personalize the message to individuals. So, you know, obviously smoking is really important for a smoker, but it's not important for a Mm non-smoker. You know, if you're vegetarian, you don't want to receive information about me. You know, there are simple things but that can customise programs and we did 
customised programs to individuals and that was what the software did. Mm. Um, but we were really excited about the impact. And I suppose onwards from that, we've done, you know, over, um, you know, probably 15 clinical trials now that have looked at different ways of supporting patients with different chronic health conditions, a little bit of a similar kind of ethos though, simple, uh, customised, personalised and, you know, delivered via digital technologies. Mm. The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help. Yes, you to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around, I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or 10 minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. So cool. And I love that it's, you know, I guess the, the end result from a consumer is a simple text message and there's some simple technology and looking at re- removing some of the noise, but obviously behind, under the hood, there's, you know, some of those rules and, and everything that's taken into consideration. And I'm going to guess that there's probably like that first iteration, which is a, you know, a, here's the, the, the concept of it, but no doubt there's opportunities to build on this particular solution with other technologies as well? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we started with um, simple text message-based solutions and actually the user interface still is often text Mm. um, because that's what is simple and also scalable to to many people. You don't have to worry about upgrading, updating, whatever your your phones and stuff like that. But yes, the complexity of the software behind it has increased a lot over over time. We initially used fairly simple fixed algorithms. Increasingly, we're using more complex algorithms to customize the conversation we have with patients to put in more data. Um, Our most recent um, clinical trial, one of our most recent clinical trials called MyCardiac, is actually starting to pull in their wearable data. So data off you know, the wearables we wear around our activity Mm. and steps and stuff, but also um, stuff off like their blood pressure machines um, that they can have. And that can then also feed into the program and we can uh, customise our support, provide sort of advice on how to deal with those things. Some people do their blood pressures all the time and they don't know if, you know, it's good or bad if they have three or four measures that are a little bit up or a little bit Mm. down. So we start working out 
with our algorithms when they should ting the doctor, whether they should go, and we encourage them. And if they don't go, we encourage them more. Um, so it is a very patient-focused thing, but we are increasingly utilising AI. Um, we are utilising wearables, other mobile devices. We're using text, but we're also embedding a lot more videos and mm. other smarts into things where um, can connect into, I suppose, apps where they can pull down even more information if they want to give them more options. Yeah. I'm just thinking as well, too, like the, the particular geographical location that you're in to conduct this research. These are issues that that obviously are important across Australia and other parts of the world too. But here in Western Sydney, these points around chronic disease and cardiac issues, as well as these points around creating information and communication that's easy to access for anyone, no matter who they are and um, their, their preferred method of communication. So I'm going to guess that being in this particular location has kind of inspired some of that too. Yeah, look, absolutely. I've always felt lucky to work in Western Sydney and the Westmead Precinct. It challenges us mm. as um, clinicians where we're delivering services to quite a diverse patient population. I mean, over the half of the people... Um, living here have uh, other languages as a first language as opposed to English. A lot of people here are from very diverse backgrounds where, you know, um, money's not easy uh, for, for many uh, people in the population, but they still need to care about their health because they are the sole breadwinner of, of you know their families and mm. things like that. So yes, we've been very conscious of equity in developing our solutions. We want to ensure that we're not just supporting those that are really good at tech. Yeah. Um, we also have a lot of older people um, that um, you know struggle with not only language but also with you know all of this new technology. So we're constantly uh, consumer testing across a, a very diverse population. We can do that here in Western Sydney. All of our new offerings, and, and we're about to, or we are releasing DigiCurus uh, now, which is an exciting, you know, new platform. But, you know, being able to provide all of our programs in multiple languages, um, customised to the health literacy of individuals. So, mm -hmm. you know, health literacy is something about, you know, how much you know about health already yeah. versus <coughs> people that have less the knowledge of health. So they're customised to that type of thing as well as um, customize you know your cultural and food background I mean mm. it's probably not appropriate to tell everybody in Australia to cook on the barbecue sure. but a, a lot of us um, you know do and want to learn but bringing in some of those cultural customizations mm. is important as well yeah no absolutely you mentioned DigiCura, so is that the taking you know the research and what you've learned and through developing these solutions now creating a, a product out of it? Yes, we're very excited um, that we were able to um, sort of launch our DigiCurus uh, this year and, and it is a culmination of a lot of our research learnings over time. It is research driven, it um, brings in learnings from all of our way back to our text message base, sort of simple and scalable kind of ethos and learnings we've got from those to the multiple different algorithms we've, I suppose, learnt and developed over over time. Mm. Um, and it'll be, I suppose, strong enough <laughs> from a technology sense to deliver these um, complex and personalised and customised programs to loads of people at, simultaneously across Australia with lots of different health conditions. So, yeah, we're, we're really excited to be mm. able to 
start uh, building real product um, from all of our research. And, and, I, and I suppose that's how we hope to actually create impact for yeah. our patients. Absolutely. I'm going to guess that to have that impact and to use this knowledge and insights, and absolutely, I think that being able to do that at scale, you need that that solution, a product, a, a technology that, that wraps it all up and makes it available to, to more. But, you know, within healthcare, it, it's going to require different partnerships and, and collaborators. And that's what we've talked about for years on the Talking Health Tech podcast. So <laughs> who are you really keen to to connect with or the types of groups or partners to help take this DigiCurious to the next level? Sure. Well, look, I mean, we are still a research entity and, you know, we'd love to partner with other researchers that might want to, um, you know, work on different things. But we are really keen to find an industry level partner that is um, in the business of delivering things at scale um, and is aligned with our ethos of supporting many patients with high quality, um, evidence-based uh, healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that that is who we'd like to find to work with. I think that I've watched the digital health space for a while too, and yes, there's lots of different groups in the markets and we do need to work together and we're keen on working together and our solution is integratable um, to a lot of the different platforms out there. We don't prescribe one way or the highway mm. um, you know there's a lot of learnings we bring into a lot of the programs we've co-designed with various partners in the past we've already i suppose delivered pilot implementation programs partner with the heart foundation we delivered their my heart my life a program across australia and we were able to i suppose bring a lot of our learnings to it but also incorporate a lot of the content that the heart foundation has developed mm. um, into into the the programs. We've also um, delivered the Heart Health Program out of Westmead Cardiology here in Western Sydney. And, you know, again, challenged by the complexity of Western Sydney, um, that meant that we had to customise the program to the the many different, I suppose, patients yeah. and people that come in through our doors here. Well, I mean, I've always, I've always thought that, you know, Western Sydney in particular is a great example of, it doesn't, it's not totally representative, obviously, but it's a, it's a, it's a good place that, that I'd encourage more to, to look at in terms of demonstrating the, the accessibility or, or, or the utility of a particular solution here because it's um, it's, it's an amazing melting pot of, of cultures and and capabilities and, and interests that um, is, is somewhat representative of the broader broader population. So that's great that you've got that in mind. Um, and so moving, you know, looking at, at 2024 and beyond and you've got DigiCurious on the on the roadmap and launching and everything, what, what can we look forward to seeing from everything here at WARC, but also with DigiCurious over the next 6, 12, 24? Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, WARC is still developing lots of other uh, novel solutions. We um, are evaluating, as I mentioned, my cardiac, which will be, you know, really focused on, on this really big problem of hypertension or high blood pressure, which is, is still the leading cause of cardiovascular disease across Australia and the world. We want to bring to it um, our technologies in, in really customising uh, patient support um, with MyCardiac. So we're hoping to deliver that as a clinical trial this year. We are also hoping to start getting our solutions to more people. Um, as I mentioned, you know, we have been supporting patients in Western Sydney and with cardiovascular disease. 
but you know there's a lot of potential to support patients after you know any hospitalization in Australia many many people um, have uh, chronic health conditions mm. and the opportunity when they touch a hospital system is to prevent them coming back to that hospital again and you know I, I really would like to see us start addressing that um, big problem uh, for our health system. You know, I don't think people want to come back to the hospital <coughs> after they present. I mean, it's very nice. But, <laughs> but yes, yeah, maybe for a tour, but not for any other reason. You know, it's yeah. a dual goal. Patients don't want to come back and hospitals don't really want them to come back either because, sure. I mean, you know, it's an overburdened system. We really need to get into that space and mm. I think DG Carers can help us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also being able to build a solution that has the potential to tie into other parts of the the broader patient journey too so you know uh patients going back to their their gp or tying into other parts of the healthcare system too and feeling like the the healthcare system is supporting them no matter where they are so i think they're also going to be really important things too yeah no absolutely we've got a lot of uh, gps and primary care personnel on our on our research mm. teams here and you know they keep us um you know honest and connected with primary care i mean primary care is uh, fundamental in australia it always has been uh, but i think that patients do want to be able to drive their care and want to be empowered I suppose to do that so working out how they connect more effectively with primary care is also something um, that is an important theme throughout our work. Mm. Well look Clara I really appreciate the the time that you've spent with me today to take me through a little bit about WARC and uh, Digicurus and all the great work that's happening here so we'll put the details in the show notes of this episode for people to check out and also for those industry partners and other um, collaborators keen to to connect and help take things to the next level as well so um, I really appreciate you making the time thanks so much. No worries thanks a lot thanks. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks, and I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Talking Health Tech. Make sure you like and subscribe and share this episode with someone who might find it valuable. For more information and resources about healthcare innovation, visit TalkingHealthTech.com.